This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I talk to people that I like about things that are freaky and deaky and cheeky. Did you have a good October? I mean, I had an October to remember, to say the least. I just want to thank everybody for all of your support and for listening to me talking nonstop about the TV show that I get to be on called Living for the Dead, which is now out on Hulu and uh, you can watch it everywhere all over the world. I really, I really appreciate it, guys. And I'm so happy that you've loved the show. And I've just heard so much, so many nice things. So thank you very much. And now October is over and it's just you and me. It's the real ones. The real spooky bitches have stuck around the party. So welcome to November. I got to talk to the brilliant 
musician Nico Case, who is a return guest on the show. We will get into that in just a moment. Um, Again, I got some tour dates coming up real quick. The 8th, Wednesday, the 8th of November, I'm going to be at Stonewall in New York City. The 30th of November, I'm in Seattle at the Hereafter. The 1st of December, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. And the 3rd of December, I am in Helium, Portland, Oregon. The ticket link is in my Instagram bio or on the websites of those venues. Okay, let me read you a story that was sent to me. I was emailed a story by Julie. Julie writes, I was a tour guide in Savannah, Georgia in 2005. (laughs) I'm already scared. 2005, Savannah, Georgia. Both of those things are spooky. Savannah is one of the oldest cities in America and still has houses standing from the 1700s. Buildings as well, which makes it Also one of the most haunted cities in America. The moment you step into the city, you can feel the centuries of energy hanging in the air like fog. The ghost tour I led was a walking tour over about a mile of the historic district right around City Market and Bay Street. One of the buildings I used to talk about was a bank in its infancy, then a restaurant, And at the time I was telling my stories, it was completely empty. The story goes that the owner of the original bank had a daughter named Grace, who fell ill and died at a young age. She was a precious, blonde-haired child, and once she died, she never really left. Most stories are about the restaurant and patrons seeing a blonde-haired little girl in outdated clothes hiding under tables or running past them around a corner. She was around a lot. Many stories were told about little Grace, and I became quite fascinated by her. I would even go visit her grave, which was in Bonaventure Cemetery on the way out to the beach. Her headstone is a statue of her holding a baby sheep, It's kind of creepy, but I always felt peaceful and connected to her when I would go there. Anyway, I was giving a tour to about 35 people one August evening. The tour had just started. Grace was usually my first story. So it's me and 35 people staring at this two-story building that Grace's father once owned. And as I was looking at the second story, I saw her. A blonde-haired child staring at me through the window. Her hair was half up, tied in a white ribbon, and she was wearing a white dress with a somewhat high collar. I gasped. (gasps) And then someone else gasped. I turned to my tour group and asked if anyone else could see her. Half of the group raised their hands. The other half looked perplexed. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life, and I am so thankful Grace showed herself to me and, well, some of my group. Oh, wow, Julie. Now that's a rare sighting, and that is exactly what you want to happen when you go on a ghost tour of a place like Savannah, Georgia. That had to have felt great as a tour guide, and I can relate because I used to be a tour guide at Universal Studios Hollywood. 
and I would take these tours through Hollywood all the time. And we'd always be talking about all the different celebrities. We'd tell stories. Oh, this is where this show is made and this show's made over here and whatever. You just talk about it all the time. It's still a great tour. Wonderful. I highly recommend you go if you're ever in town. Uh, but then every once in a while, one of the celebrities would peek their little heads out. And as a tour guide, I was like, yes, this is what these people come to Hollywood for. So I get it. It sounds just like Grace. Grace was having a good day that day. She said, you know what? I'm going to put my ponytail half up. I'm going to give him the half up, half down Ariana look. And I'm going to come out and I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to smile, pose for a picture or two. And then I'm going back inside. Good for you, Grace. That's how you do it. Anyway, I'm going to talk to Nico Case now, who I absolutely love. She cracks me up. And we talk about one of my absolute favorite ghost stories I've ever heard, ever. Here we go. Here's me once again with Nico Case. On with the show. I am joined once again by a brilliant recording artist, musician, and honestly, I'm going to say comedian because she's very funny. <laughs> Nico Case, hello. Hi. Welcome back. I missed you. Oh, I've missed you. I'm always so happy when I see you on social media and stuff. I'm ready and I I have something to run by you if you're up for it. I don't know. Do you do you like things that are not just ghost related but also like kind of macabre? I've been known to uh, to dabble in the macabre. To eat up some macabre like it's corn on the cob. <laughs> Excellent. Why? What is it? Tell me. Run it by me. Not long before I was supposed to come on the show, I got a text from my friend Gavin, who is a paleontologist. Cool. And he sent me a photo of a cat skull, and it says, this cat skull is intended to inspire you. It's special because it's from one of our 17 or possibly 18 cats that ate its owner, renowned 1960s cat-themed sci-fi outsider artist Karen Kukendall. Our museum was willed her estate when she died in the 1990s. So the cat ate her? One of the 17 or possibly 18 cats that ate her. Oh my God. Yeah. So I will happily send you the picture of the skull. I'll show you right now on the thing. There it is. Whoa. Wow. That's pretty amazing. He sent me that, and I'm like, huh, that's funny that he should send me something so macabre right before I'm going on your show. The last time you were on, you did not have a whole lot of ghost experiences, but I'm wondering if you've had any since. No, just a lot of me hanging out, wishing the ghost would come around. Still, I'm still ghostless, <laughs> and... uh I'm sad about it. Um, but, you know, I'm still open. I'm a little too open. I think ghosts are like, mm -mm, you're desperate. <laughs> I exude afterlife desperation. Yeah, no, I totally get that. They're just not a fan of. Where are you now? I'm at home right now. And I just got back from being gone for like four months. So I'm pretty excited about it. I missed you when you were in L.A. I saw that you were here and I wasn't around, but I missed you. It's okay. You're busy. Was it fun? It was really fun. It was really, really fun. We just did a little show at the Fonda, and I ate lots of meatballs. Um, <laughs> and I got a good night's sleep. That's an A++++ situation for me. So thank you, Los Angeles. Well, I've got a great segue here because 
I did some research about a story that involves a woman that was in the Los Angeles area that was not getting good sleep. I don't know about meatballs, but she did have flying light balls around her home. So I'm going to tell you a little story here that I've actually been obsessed with since I was a child. It's the San Pedro haunting of Jackie Hernandez. No relation. Uh, Have you ever heard of this story? Were you disappointed that she wasn't related to you? I mean, she has a baby daughter that was born around the same time as me. And maybe it was me. Maybe this is my long lost mother. (laughs) I don't know. But um, does this ring any bell to you, this story? I have never heard this story. Okay. Well... In 1997, there was a documentary called An Unknown Encounter, colon, A True Account of the San Pedro Haunting, which is on YouTube. It is fantastic. If you appreciate a perm or a mullet, this is the film for you. And there is real footage. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the best ghost hunt I've ever seen captured on camera. That's that's big. And I've seen a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. I have watched a lot of hours of these TV shows and stuff. This is actually one that I saw, I, I don't know, I, I was very young when I first saw this. And most of the research I'm about to tell you I got from the documentary. But then I also found this other TV show that she was on about 10 years ago. And there's like, Conflicting data. I I don't know. But nonetheless, here we go. Let's get into it. So, San Pedro, California. It's not far from Long Beach. It's known for the port of Los Angeles. Approximately 20% of cargo coming into the U.S. goes into San Pedro. And she was right over there by the port. 1988. Jackie Hernandez. She's a 23-year-old single mother. She moves into a small house with her two-year-old son, and she's pregnant with a daughter. She had just separated from her man. She's hoping to finish her degree and start a new life. So the first thing that happens, she's just hanging out in this house, and she starts to hear what sounds like pebbles falling in the walls. She's like, this is not normal. I don't know what this sound is. It's not even like an old house, you know, making old house noises. It sounded deliberate. She just thought it was weird, but whatever. One day, she's sitting at her desk in her home, and a pencil holder flies off, pencils everywhere. Another time, her ex, named Ale, came over. She tells him all about it. He's like... Oh, yeah. Like, he's calling out the ghost. Nothing ends up happening when he does that. But as soon as he leaves, she goes to a closet, opens it up. Written on the wall, the word L. Hundreds of times. The A is blue. The L is red. Do you think a ghost could do that? I don't know what a ghost could do. (laughs) That's the thing. I just, I don't even know what they're capable of. Well, especially when you hear this story... I'm not going to doubt it because, again, like, very credible people were involved in this case and some of it is kind of on camera. But this is a story where you're like, I've never even heard of this kind of stuff happening. 
but apparently it all did. This is a very strong ghost that poor Jackie Hernandez had. So one day she ends up telling her landlord that there's some weird stuff going on. The landlord calls two priests over. And these priests, she says they were super condescending and they basically made her feel like she was out of her mind and did a couple of blessings. They left. The next day, social services comes over because the priest said that she was on hallucinogenics while being pregnant because of the things that she was saying was happening around her house. Oh, that's dirty. Dirty. So obviously this poor woman... She's terrified to tell people about this. Like, after that happened. Classic patriarchy. There we go. Classic. She's 23, pregnant. Now, at this point, she has just had her baby. She's living on her own, trying to go to school. It's one of these situations. She didn't have much money. What do you do? Like, you just have to kind of live with this weird stuff happening around the house. And it gets way weirder. So one day she comes home. Remember those, like, little letters that people would put on fridges, like Mm -hmm. the magnets? Oh, yeah. She says that she came home one day and it said, get the hell out. (sighs) Soon after, she begins seeing the apparition of an old man that looks like a corpse. He's got gray skin and he's wearing a flannel shirt. He always has his legs crossed and she sees him often sitting in her children's bunk bed. Now, this is 1989. Grunge is about to take off. Do you think that maybe the ghost was trying to start a fashion trend with the flannel? (laughs) I don't know. So one time a painting fell off of a wall, and she says that the nails that were holding the painting up had also come out, and they were, like, head down, sharp side up on the painting, which, how would that even happen? How did the nails come out of the wall? I don't know. Her neighbor had several accounts with the spirit, and... Even the neighbor says that it followed her home. The ghost went home with the neighbor. One time a lamp fell over, blah, 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 blah. Lots of, lots of typical ghost stuff. One time her friend was babysitting one night and heard a voice from the bathroom saying, don't come in here. And this ghost is, you know, very intelligent, um, very aware of its surroundings, can interact with people. So... I don't know if it could actually use the bathroom, but it certainly did not want the babysitter to go in the bathroom for whatever reason. Um, Another time, she allegedly saw a stream of water pouring out of a light switch. One night, she saw a local TV show with a group of paranormal investigators. She decides, I'm going to give them a call. And on this other show that I watched, She says that her friend Susan was like, oh, I have a phone number for some ghost hunters. So I don't know exactly how that happened, but whatever. These people were Barry Conrad, Jeff Wheatcraft, and Dr. Barry Taff, who was a famous parapsychologist from UCLA. Um, Let me just ask you, if you were in this situation, are you going to – what do you do? I don't know what to do, this poor woman. I guess I would invite smart people I knew to come over and spend the night and just see if there was any sort of, if it was me. I mean, I would be wondering about my own sanity. I would be wondering about, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, I've definitely called people over to stay the night at my house when stuff was scary in the city. What do you mean by that? Just like weird noises or gunshots or Mm. what have you. 
you know, just feeling out of sorts or whatever. You just feel kind of creeped out for no good reason. And so it's like, can you come stay over? Because I, I feel really freaked out. And, you know, somebody else coming over kind of bursts that weird psychic bubble. And you're like, okay, everything's fine. So I, I think that's what I would do. But if I had a number for a paranormal psychologist from UCLA, I would be calling it yes. Right. Well, and that's the thing. She's got literally a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. a two-year-old, and she's trying to go to school and work. Yeah, most people would be like, I don't have time for this shit. I don't have time. I would be so pissed. Yeah. And she's being kept up all night. She's hearing breathing from this ghost. It's speaking. It's doing all kinds of shit nonstop. So she has Barry, Barry, and Jeff, the ghost busters. The BBJ team. The PBJ. Fresh on the scene. Exactly. <laughs> so they roll up. They've got their cameras. And Dr. Barry Tapp says as soon as he walks in, he instantly notices a foul stench. He's like, damn, Jackie, let's start with a Glade plug-in. We'll go from there. <laughs> he famously investigated this case that inspired the movie The Entity, which was this case in... Culver City, I believe, in Los Angeles, where this woman, it's a messed up one. She was repeatedly getting assaulted by all these ghosts in her house. It's crazy. But anyway, so he's like, oh, this smells like the entity house. Like, literally smell. Like, it smelled bad. So she tells them that she went up to the attic and she saw a head with no body coming at her, just a floating head. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only laugh because it's so scary to think about. Well, it's It's super unbelievable. And when you think about how scary that would actually be, that would be unbelievable. It would be terrifying, like pass out terrifying. Uh, Yeah. And by the way, at this point, her husband, I don't believe, or her ex-husband, whatever, I don't believe has actually firsthand seen anything. But all of her girlfriends have seen stuff. And the babysitters, they've all experienced Mm -hmm. it. So she at least has some people on her side that have had these experiences. But Mm -hmm. now that we got these, you know, credible guys coming in here... So there's Jeff, who's the cameraman. He is skeptical and he's like, "Okay, I want to go up to this attic and see this floating head. So he goes up there to snap some pictures. It's pitch black and his camera gets yanked out of his hands. So he's no longer a skeptic. This guy is shook. So the group decides they're all going to go up there with their video cameras. And as soon as they get up there, the video cameras don't work. The video cameras only work downstairs. And by the way, this is the documentary that I was talking about from 1997. Mm -hmm. That all started when these guys showed up. Like, it's their footage from this investigation. So, allegedly, their cameras were not working when they would go up into the attic. I don't know. And how would you feel if you were her and the skeptic goes up there with his camera and then comes back shook, as you said? Wouldn't, Wouldn't you just be like, let's all just leave right now? Let's just take our most <laughs> basic items that we need and get the fuck out. Like, let's not let's not go back in there. That's what I needed to see. Good day. Let's go. I would be so annoying. I would be like, see, I told you, bitches. Nobody believed me. <laughs> I'd call up the church where those priests are. Uh-huh. Oh, my. I would prank call them. One of your precious men has confirmed that there's a ghost. Happy? Yeah. Oh, I would be so... Ooh, you don't even know. Um, So 
<laughs> I'd like to I'd like to see that actually. <laughs> I'd like to see that call happening. <laughs> so they don't leave. They don't grab their items and go. They're actually these these guys are like, okay, we might have a documentary that might be featured on an exactly right podcast in 2023. We got to keep these cameras rolling. Exactly. So they all come downstairs because they're like, okay, cameras aren't working up there. And they hear pounding sounds in the attic and what sounds like a heavy person walking in the attic, like back and forth. This part is in the documentary and it's so scary. Now, the craziest thing in this entire case is about to happen. She shows these guys that there's this yellow liquid that is oozing from her walls. And they take a sample of the gross yellow ooze. They take it to a lab, and it is found out to be human blood plasma. What? Male blood. That's gross. It's disgusting. So like lymph fluid, sort of, but not. Isn't that what lymph fluid is? I don't want any fluid dripping out of my walls. No. I can tell you that. Especially a specific separated from the blood plasma. Where's the blood? That's what I want to know. That means the blood's got to be nearby. Mm -hmm. And it was male blood they were able to determine. Matches the ghost in question, perhaps. So they have no explanation. They can't figure this out. By the way, of course, they're wondering, are there bodies in the walls? And they're somehow seeping out? No, there's no bodies in the walls. So this poor woman, Jackie, is completely over it at this point. She's being harassed by this thing at all hours of the night. I feel so bad for her. You can see it on her face in this documentary. And she, one night, calls them frantic in the middle of the night. Kids' toys are flying all over the place. She's hearing the breathing. The lights are coming on and off. So the guys rush on over. And in the kitchen they hear the sound of someone snapping their fingers right by their ears. Side note, I don't know if you've experienced this. I'm a millennial. I sometimes do shows for the generation younger than me, like mm-hmm. the people in like their early 20s and stuff. And they they snap. Oh, my God. They That's how they, like if I tell a joke that's funny, they're like. They jazz clap, basically. They pretty much do that. Jazz clapping. They're doing like... It's like very... They're taking it back. Like poetry, like snapping. I don't know. Beatnik, beatnik clapping. So maybe maybe it was the future ghost. If it, Maybe a Gen Z person time traveled back as a ghost and was like, yes, ghost is giving me plasma in the walls, ghost. <laughs> um, so the fellas are like, we're going up into this attic. Two of them go up there. Mm-hmm. Things are weird. It's pitch black up there. All of a sudden, Jeff, the guy whose camera got yanked out of his hands, gets a rope wrapped around his neck, and it's connected to a a nail in the wall, and it's literally choking him to the point where he's almost, like, off the ground, choking. And the other guy that's up there, it's so dark he can't see, and he's like, what are you doing over there? So he snaps his camera, takes a picture of him, and it's so terrifying. And he's literally just, like, hanging there. He gets him down. Obviously, they get out of that attic. This is some Final Destination shit. That ghost really hates Jeff. Hates Jeff. I... 
This is so dangerous at this point. Okay, so the same night, her four-month-old, at this point, baby, has a red imprint on her forehead that just miraculously appears. I don't know, whatever it is, she was able to wipe it off. It wasn't like an actual, like, scar or whatever. She just wipes it off. But still, she's she's freaking out because she's like, okay, now this thing is, like, messing with my kids and... And Jeff. And and Jeff, this guy she just met from we don't know exactly where. But um, first of all, I don't want some man getting choked in my attic. I don't want another ghost. Mm -mm. We got enough. We're at capacity in Mm -hmm. this house. Mm -hmm. So they all leave the house. The guys end up reviewing the footage. And they start noticing that there's these little balls of light that appear around her. All the footage of Jackie, like you see these little balls of lights in different parts of the house, these little balls of light, like little tiny little balls. And they're like shooting in a way that's not a bug or anything. It's like really specific. Just something weird that happened. So Jackie at this point is like, I'm out of here. I'm moving 300 miles north of San Pedro. She moves into a trailer in a place called Weldon, California. And that's the story of Jackie Hernandez. Just kidding. As soon as she moves over there she starts noticing weird noises and balls of light around her trailer. Her daughter's bedspread catches on fire. Her new neighbors are hearing weird knocks from inside the children's bedroom. Can you imagine moving into a new place? You know, you meet your new neighbors. Like, hi guys, oh, this is my, this is my newborn. This is my two-year-old and um, my poltergeist. Don't mind my poltergeist. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll make himself known. If you... You see any plasma? It's just my ghost maker poltergeist that I brought with me against my will. Exactly. Don't mind the human blood that might drip out of your trailer. Yeah. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, The key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. So... One day, her neighbors are helping her move a TV, and it's obviously unplugged, whatever. 
and they notice the face of an old man on the screen. It's like staring at them. Jeff and Barry roll up. She calls them. She's like, guess what, guys? Your documentary continues. So they pull up. They pull out a Ouija board. The table starts shaking. It's spelling words like crazy. It's telling them that it's a man that was murdered in 1930 in the San Pedro Bay. He says that there's ghosts all around her. He says that he hates Jeff because Jeff looks like the man who killed this this man. So the Jeff thing wasn't like random nearest guy to me. It was it was specific. Oh yeah. So this ghost is already pissed off. He already wants Jackie and her babies out of this house. Mm-hmm. Then he sees Jeff and he's like, "Wait, that kind of looks like the guy that killed me." And then I guess, I guess it's just a crazy coincidence. I don't know. You know, if that was if I was Jeff, I'd be like with the Ouija board, I'd be like, show me a picture of the guy. Because every time someone says, I, oh, I got to show you someone that looks just like you, it's almost always an insult. And I would have mm-hmm. wanted to see the picture. Agreed. I would say, okay, listen, ghost, pull it up. Let's see. And if this guy does not look like me, you're out of here. The documentary is over. I'm burning some some stuff and we're getting you gone. Um, so they're doing the, the Ouija board. And then all of a sudden, Jeff is picked up and thrown against the wall. Unfortunately, this part is not in the documentary, but there's an amazing reenactment of an actor being picked up and thrown I know what I'm watching tonight. (laughs) You have to. It's so good. (laughs) So upon further research, they find records of a man in 1930 that died under suspected foul play, though ruled accidental because there was not enough uh, info in San Pedro. So they come to the conclusion that must be him. I don't know. Whatever. Um, He did work near Jackie's house as a seaman. So it's starting to all make sense. They also realize the knot from the little rope that was choked around Jeff's neck was a knot that was used by seamen. So we think we know that she's got the ghost of a seaman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um <laughs> It's just fun to say. Her house is leaking bodily fluids, and it, she's it's covered with semen. <laughs> There's signs of semen everywhere. There's Not. semen <laughs> all over, and they're shooting balls. There's balals <laughs> shooting around her house, and there's signs of semen. Right. Okay. So she decides, you know what? I'm out of this part of California. She's like, I might as well go back and soak up the sun. So she goes back down to San Pedro, but she moves into an apartment. Not the original house. Because she's like, I guess this ghost is going to come with me no matter what. Like, I might as well just go back over there. Might as well live somewhere nice. I want to live. Not in a trailer. Yes. At this point, this whole story has been less than two years. And it's just nonstop. So she moves back. Guess what? Guess who's decided to move with her? The seaman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his light balls are shooting all over her new apartment. And she, at this point, gets really cool pictures of these balls of light. and. They are something, and a lot of credible people examine them, and they're like, okay, we don't know what that is, but it's not just, it's not a glare off of something. It's not all the other things that you could rule out. So not only is this thing following her places, it's also following Jeff, the investigator, this poor guy. So he got haunted by the semen as well, like getting chicken pox. 
basically. Exactly. It is. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. But if you told me that I look like your murderer and that's why you're going to now make my life a living hell, I would also get myself a disguise at that point. Yeah. Or a stylist to help you get out of that situation. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I'd be offended that I look like a murderer. Yeah. And also I would get, you know, a fake mustache, um, a wig of some sort. I don't know. So that the ghost creeps in and goes, oh, sorry, wrong apartment. Um, he lives in Studio City, which is probably, mm, I would say, 45 minutes if there's no traffic from San Pedro. Yeah, there's plastic surgery there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the cheaper option is that there's there are wardrobe stores. There's special effects makeup stores. Yeah. He does not do that. So many times in his Studio City apartment, the burners on his stove would turn on by themselves. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen before he met Jackie Hernandez and her ghost. One time, he came home, he alleges. There's video of this, but after the fact. He comes home, and there's two pairs of scissors open underneath his bed pillows. Like, this ghost was set in a trap, expecting him to get in the bed and chop himself up by accident or something. One time, he says, this window broke in the apartment, He collects all the glass, brings it down to the dumpster. He says as soon as he goes back up, there's a big old sharp shard of glass, and it's on his typewriter, sharp side, pointing upward. And he claims that it was a piece that he had just thrown away. So somehow it flew back from the dumpster onto his typewriter. Also, another night, he and his boys come home late at night, and there's just nonstop activity going on all over the place. Somehow whiteout gets scribbled all over one of his camera lenses. I mean, so much shit happened in this apartment. And then basically the 1997 documentary, it just kind of ends. That's all it gives you? It's like, yeah, then things slowed down for Jackie and it was over. Where's Jackie now? How do we get her on the phone? Trust me, I know. I might have to do some family tree. I I know a couple of Hernandezes I could call. I'm sure we know Jackie somehow. Or Jeff. What's Jeff up to? Well, I did hear an interview with Barry Taff, the parapsychologist, and he's like, Jeff has PTSD because of this. Like, it was so traumatic. I mean, he was attacked by this thing. And again, he was like a skeptic before. So his whole world was shaken over. Poor Jeff. And I don't think he ever did any of this kind of work after that. I did try to find, I'm like, where is Jackie? What's going on? Um, There's an LA Times article from 1993. So this was after the actual activity was happening, but before this documentary came out. It's in the LA Times, written by Gary Abrams. It's called Tangled Tales from the Crypt. For three years, Jackie Hernandez says she was followed by a pair of puzzling and persistent ghosts. And um, it has different info. It says that she believed that there was actually two ghosts. And she had dreams of being held underwater. And the people that she was around in her dream looked like they were from the 30s. So she believed that that was like the semen ghost. Is that how the semen died? I forget how he was murdered. He was, his body was found in the, the harbor. Okay. 
I guess if there was lack of evidence, drowning would be one of those ways. Like, they'd be like, well, did somebody drown him? I don't know. There's no suspicious marks or anything, but... He did have a mark on his head, I believe. So it was like, did he hit his head and then fall in the water? Like, nobody knows for sure. That is suspicious and could go either way. She believes from a Ouija session that the murderer lived in that house, the original house. So it wasn't the seaman. It was the seaman trying to get revenge on whoever did kill the seaman. Um, And then she believes that the other ghost was the ghost of a man, the man who actually built the house. She also says in this L.A. Times article, I don't know why none of this is in the documentary, but whatever, that when she had moved back to San Pedro, she saw a ball of light outside of her apartment and she followed it to a graveyard and it lingered over a headstone that was confirmed to be the man who built the house. And then after that, it vanished and then his haunting stopped with her. And again, she did see an old man in the house, the original house with the flannel on. Mm -hmm. The semen, I believe, was a younger man. Okay. And I think the semen just kind of got over it, which is like, yeah, leave her alone. Like, she's not your killer. Like, what is your deal, dude? Like, leave this poor woman alone. And poor Jeff. But she's some sort of conduit to help ghosts travel around or something? Like, oh, hello, portal lady. I'm going to find the guy who (laughs) murdered me through you. Sorry to bother you while you're breastfeeding, but this is really super important for me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. My favorite part of this uh, L.A. Times article is that they interview her former babysitter. And this former babysitter has got some fighting words. Uh, (laughs) The babysitter says that the, the haunting has permanently changed her and Hernandez. She says that she's become more religious while her friend, Jackie, quote, overreacts to everything. It seems that she's sunk into total neurosis. The two of them have drifted apart, she says, remarking that the haunting is, quote, the only thing we have in common. (laughs) Wow. Jackie not pay her or something? (laughs) Jackie uh, had enough to deal with, okay? I don't know. But the other show that I found, it's called Paranormal Witness, and it's season two, episode two. It came out in 2012, and she is interviewed in it, and it's a reenactment show that's really scary. And the episode is called The Man in the Attic, and it has a lot of different details. Some of the details that I shared here are from that and then also from the original documentary, but I just love the original documentary. It's so good. And that's pretty much the story of Jackie Hernandez. Do you believe it, Nico Case? I got to watch the documentary first. And looking to my left and seeing my own Jeff over there, who I know about your show from Jeff originally, because he's a huge fan of your show. Right. Um, he's He's got the look on his face like, oh, we're watching that tonight. Oh, we are. <laughs> so I'm about to find out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, yeah, I do believe it. I do, too. I mean, there's so many things we can't explain. And who with a brand new baby and a toddler has time for that kind of stuff? And going to school and working. Yeah. I mean, I could see her being a little like, you know, I've had moments where I feel like I've separated from my sanity a little bit and thought some stuff was pretty real. So it could be that, too. But if it was real to her, then it was real, right? But then you get all these other people witnessing it. Exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing. 
Even these people, when she lived in that trailer, they're interviewed and they're like, we saw an old man's face staring at us in this mm. TV screen. And the plasma, real life plasma. Real life plasma. Where would she have gotten that plasma from mm. if she was trying to fake this? I don't know. It's it's a good one. It's a really good one. It's just a lot of stuff that I've never even heard of. Like, there's just so much going on with this. But um, The balls of light fascinate me. I've seen balls of light, so I, I mean, why not? Yeah, well, these ones are are really cool, and there's actually I only gave you some of the details. There's like a lot more. I mm-hmm. mean, it seemed like it was nonstop stuff, but her babysitter, the disgruntled babysitter. I don't know if it was her or a different babysitter, but one of the babysitters and her uh, witnessed like these kind of larger balls of light in their kitchen, just sort of floating around. And they're like, the light was coming out of them. They weren't, I don't know. It's just very strange. It's very, the whole thing is strange, but. When you first kind of set up the story, I was kind of like balls of light. I was like, well, is San Pedro one of the areas in Los Angeles where they do a lot of oil field stuff? Because like, you know, LA is surrounded by that stuff. And I thought, well, maybe there's, you know, natural gases in the air. And I don't know. That's just me being a less than pseudoscientist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it turns out this house has bigger problems than yeah. the balls of light. That that actually sounds nice compared to some of this stuff. That's one of those things where how convenient would it be? Could save you on a couple of bills if turn up all the lights and then be like, ghost, I want to, I have some homework I have to do for college right now. Can you just linger over here with your light balls and just illuminate my homework over here? Ghost, it's hot. Can you just make this room cold real quick? That would be nice. That would be a nice use of a ghost. But unfortunately, she had no need for human plasma or a stinky smell. Are ghosts ever helpful? I mean, you know a million ghost stories. Like, yeah. do you hear about helpful ghosts? Yeah, well, you hear a lot of these stories that are, you know, a lot of people will say angels or whatever. Right, right. Um, intervening when there's an accident happening or something mm. and um, helping people get out of a car during a car wreck or, uh, you know, just different things like that that are helpful. But it's rare to hear stories of a ghost actually trying to kill somebody mm-hmm. and almost succeeding and it being so nonstop the way that this story sounds. Mm -hmm. It just sounds like hell. Right. It sounds horrible. I mean, you already can't sleep because you got a baby, Mm -hmm. and then you have to deal with this. My poor Aunt Jackie, (laughs) I feel terrible for her. I know. you got to get her on the horn. (sighs) You're telling me. See how it's played out, and if she's still overreactive to everything. Oh, my God. Well, should I have her and then do it 90s talk show style where I pull out the babysitter? Well, guess who we've got backstage right now? Your former babysitter. Come on out. (laughs) And then they just come charging out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, So I have another thing that I like to do here. We look at some haunted dolls that are currently for sale. A little segment I like to call The Dolls Are Living. (laughs) So... I go to eBay, sometimes Etsy, different places. I've looked at Craigslist. I've checked out Facebook Marketplace. But my favorite is eBay. And I have got you a two-for-one special today. For only $38 or best offer, you could have Nancy and Jane. Let's take a look at Nancy and Jane. 
They are identical twins. Mm -hmm. They have provided a variety of photos to show you that the two of them have a great time. They can do different things. They can pose in different ways. They both have on white berets with a white sleeveless top with uh, little red hearts on it and black pants. It's kind of like they're in Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Like they got a total Joan Jett and the Blackhearts outfit, both of them. It's hot. Totally short haircuts. I am not afraid of them. I want to rock with them. No, they look like fun. And then there's also one photo of them where they both have one eye closed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the photographer being like, okay, now let's do a silly photo. And that's what they came up with. There's also one that looks like when, like, the Matterhorn ride or something where you, like, (laughs) sit in the same, like, they're, like, sitting, like, one is between the other one's legs. They're about to go down a very steep slope. Exactly. Screaming, if they can open their little plastic mouths, which I don't think they can. Well... Maybe well, they can. let me tell you about the info that comes with these two for $38 or best offer, Nancy and Jane. It says, these identical twin dolls are six-year-old Nancy and Jane. They are from Nashville, Tennessee. They enjoy watching old shows like The Little Rascals and also modern children's shows on TV. They like to read, too, but they get bored fast and they start turning the pages. They were always referred to as the twins and love being dressed identically. They love fooling their family and teachers. They was little pranksters, but lovable. These two will occasionally have a little tantrum here and there by pushing things off the shelf. I keep them away from my nice stuff, LOL. Some of my... (laughs) Ghosts are hilarious. Yes. (laughs) Once my son separated them and Nancy cleared a coffee table, there were papers everywhere. They don't mean any harm, just their childish ways. I love when they're playing with one another. They talk in twin language. I have no idea what they're saying. And to top it off, they speak in low whispers. On occasion, I'll get a glimpse of them out of the corner of my eye. The twins will be running around the house. I think they're playing hide-and-seek. They love attention, but can easily entertain one another. They like to play with other spirits. They make friends easily. It makes them happy. So there you have it. For $38, would you purchase Nancy and Jane? No, that, that person's a total bullshitter. <laughs> they, wouldn't get no. rid, they wouldn't get rid of these dolls if they were doing stuff like that, and it was cute, and they had ghosts in the house. Yeah, what's wrong with them? Yeah. They sound like a blast. If they're that amazing, they wouldn't be selling them for $38. No, I would not want to get rid of them. Nancy and Jane have some good fashion. And the the white cocked berets are a real... I don't ever see, think I've seen a look quite like this. I've seen a lot of looks. It's absolutely adorable. It is. I've seen many looks, I know. I've seen a lot of looks. And, you know, they're little metal rockers that hold their little eyes open or shut. They're just, you know, they're not like they used to be. (laughs) They do have some really strangely placed uh, freckles that look like somebody really savagely went at them. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that is sort of a makeup trend, too, that people will draw like little fake freckles on their face. Mm -hmm. So maybe they were, you know, they went to Sephora and said, oh, that would be a cute look to try. I think felt tip marker, but... Yeah, that would probably work best on plastic skin. It's good and cheap felt tip marker. Mm-hmm. 
You want to hear some ghost voices? Yeah. Ooh! It's time for EVPs or EV please. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how this works. I do. I go to the internet. I find alleged ghost voices. <laughs> Is it a ghost speaking? Who knows? But um, I have actually gone to TikTok and found two EVPs, electronic voice phenomenal. We're going to give it a listen. I want you to tell me what you hear, and then I'll give you some options. Okay. One of the answers being what the person that captured it believe it's saying. Okay. Okay. This first one is from TikTok, and it is from Entity Voice PI. This channel is pretty much devoted to EVPs. Now, I will tell you, first time I heard this one, I was like, hmm. I don't know about that. But I can kind of hear something when I really focus in. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. All right, here we go. It sounds like pot. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Let me play it again. Like, give me some pot. (laughs) Or it's hot. It's hot. Like, you're burning me. Oh, I do hear that at the beginning. Yeah. And then it gets real. It's a horrible sound after yeah. that. Yeah, that is not pleasant. It just sounds like somebody breathing way too close to like a SM58 with the capsule off or something. Well, they believe that it's saying like a short sentence. So do they believe it is A, whoa, I thought my niece was broke. Damn. Is it B, halt, do not come any further? C, what, you want my name? Or D, is it just the sound of somebody ripping up papers while a popcorn machine is playing in the background? All right, here we go. Any guesses? Well, the closest one probably is halt, don't come any closer. They believe it is C, what, you want my name? I would I would not have guessed that. Now that we know it, let's listen. I can kind of hear it. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. I mean, the suggestion has been put there for me now, though. So I'm like, well, I still kind of hear the halt. Don't come any closer more. Right. Even though that wasn't what was said. Well, here's another one, and this one is very good. This is from at Secrets in Shadow and TikTok. And it is at a place that seems very terrifying called the Monroe House. And that is in Hartford City, Indiana. What is this ghost saying? Ew! I don't like that. Let me play it again. I want some quiet. You want some quiet? That's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's going, I want some quiet. Totally. It also sounds like the beginning of that song, Quest Be Quiet. It's a it's like a 70s rock hit. Oh, I'll think of it. Well, is it A, where is the choir? B, why is it quiet? C. Why are you crying? Or D, just like a noise. 
All right, let me play it again. Why is it quiet? Totally. Why is it so quiet? I kind of hear, why are you so quiet? Yeah, like, why is so quiet? Why is so quiet? That's a good one. Let's do one last thing. I'm just going to list off a bunch of unexplained, paranormal, whatever kind of stuff that's on this topic. I'm going to list them off. Just tell me if you have any thoughts on it. Maybe you have a story that comes up, any of that. All right, here we go. Okay, what do you think about psychics? I think there's real ones and super fake ones. Have you ever been to any? Um, no. But I know a couple people who are natural healers who weren't, and then suddenly they were, and they just weren't bullshitters at all. Just like not hmm. not the kind of people who are, you know, they, they were kind of not guileless, because that makes it sound like you're you're dumb, but just... Don't have any sort of, you know, they just don't have any hustle to them whatsoever. They're like terrible liars, can't put up a front, just super, super, super genuine. Who you see is who you get kind of people. So I believe in some of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to like, I think there's a lot of people that do it because they do genuinely want to help people. Yeah. And I think that you can develop those abilities mm-hmm. and, yeah, do it for the purpose of helping people. I think that that definitely exists. And then, of course, there's a lot of people that use it just to scam away. Yeah. And I think one thing that happens a lot is that people turn it into their job and then they start, like, faking it because they're like, oh, shit. Like, I need to deliver. Got to keep the lights on. Any job, you can kind of go into autopilot or whatever and just sort of do it if you needed to. But it's hard because it's like, well, if you're going to talk to my dead loved ones, like, don't fake it. Like, come on. That's like when you're in job crisis and you need to decide if you really want to do this or not. Exactly. So how have you never been to a psychic after all these years? Um, Well, I've had my tarot read before, Mm -hmm. but I've never been to a psychic. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't pay somebody to do something like that, I don't think. Do you believe in tarot when you've had it read, or is it just sort of a fun little thing? Or I think that stuff like tarot and things of that nature, I think they get you to pay attention to yourself in a way that maybe you wouldn't normally. So while they may not have magic properties in themselves— they get you to pay attention to yourself and therefore you may change your consciousness about something, which is all magic is supposed to be anyway, right? It's a change of consciousness. Yeah. So intention is very powerful. I think that it's kind of like, a, there's a, I don't know if you've heard of these, uh, the Brian Eno cards, the oblique strategies. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like if you're recording and you're stuck and you don't know what to do or doing anything stuck and you don't know what to do, you, he, he made this deck of cards where you draw a card and it will say like, start again from the beginning or throw everything you've done away or something. And, you know, you can do it or not. But if you decide to go down that rabbit hole, it's like, it's like little tunnels it gives you, like little rabbit hole tunnels. And you can choose to pay attention and do the rabbit hole or, or not. But doing it is pretty fun. It's like a puzzle. Totally. So I do believe it. I think sometimes it's, if you're like stuck with something or whatever, just like just somebody, somebody outside of me tell me one thing and that's what I'll do. Like, I think that that, that can lead you down really cool paths yeah. for sure. And I think people are inherently magical. Ooh. In general, I think we all have the capacity. Do you think some people are more magical than others? 
Definitely. I mean, some people are so, we're just very divorced from our natural selves, our natural instincts. And, uh, you know, things that are considered magical are often considered very female or feminine and, and, you know, have been classified as hoaxes or wives tales, you know, the very name wives tales, it just indicates that it's thought of as bullshit when really their instincts and, you know, some things of course are ridiculous, but ridiculous things do happen. On a scale of zero to David Copperfield, how magical would you say I am? You're definitely at David Copperfield level. Yes. But you've got a whole 3D. I don't know how to explain it. He's kind of two-dimensional. You're kind of like 3D in the round, like happening. <gasps> I'm like a Siegfried and a Roy and the Tigers. Um, okay. Do you believe in synchronicities? Like, do you read into that kind of stuff or do you just let it go and go, oh, coincidence or whatever? I think I don't check it out too hard, but I do believe that if you go with a path, it does take you where you're supposed to be. Right. And the trusting yourself and, you know, following things that feel good, but feel smart, not just feel good, like, you know, doing a bunch of beer bongs and then they got to feel good for 24 (laughs) hours. Like the consequence has to feel as good as the the beer bong (laughs) when it happened the first. So, you know. The vomiting <laughs> part kind of cancels it out. Yeah, not worth it. Do you believe in um, Bigfoot? No, I don't. <gasps> Why? Um, I think that it's caused a lot of problems with indigenous communities in mm. Northern California. Like Bigfoot tourism has been a real problem. And, uh, you know, whatever the belief is amongst the different tribal nations, like that's their thing. And, you know, if somebody wanted to tell me about that, I would listen openly and, you know, probably understand. But I don't believe in, you know, just Bigfoot happening. I like that. I mean, the thing I always talk about with Bigfoot is like, I personally have no interest in going to look for Bigfoot. No. I'd love to hear about it. I don't know about it. I just don't. I I don't know. I think it just doesn't. It doesn't want to be talked about. And I think that that's actually kind of a beautiful thing. And I think it's kind of like, then let it be. Well, yeah, the the spirit of the thing, like the there's a lot of um, North American indigenous tribal stories that get turned into other things and co-opted. And oh, of course. So. Bigfoot is is kind of the, he's like the sea world of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's like the sea world park. Like, come and look at the whales. We've got them trapped in these tiny little refrigerators where they can't move. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's how Bigfoot makes me feel. Bigfoot makes me feel like, Mm-mm, no, no, leave the Bigfoot alone. What about like that famous video from the 60s? Do you think that that was really a Bigfoot? No, I think there's actually, I remember... My sweetheart, Jeff, over here recently actually showed me some footage where they clarified the film. You can totally tell it's not real. And I was like, I could tell it wasn't real before. <laughs> you need you need space age technology to tell you that wasn't real. Even as a kid, I just couldn't. I, I was one of those kids who like religiously watched In Search Of. Oh, yeah. Some of those are on YouTube. But I still was never like I never felt the inner 
the Loch Ness Monster scared me a little. Like the snake in the water. Like, yeah, that's spooky. But the Bigfoot, mm-mm. There's people that look at those slowed down versions and HD, whatever. I don't know all the terms, but whatever. And they are so convinced. You can see muscles. It's not like a suit. Like you can see the different... <laughs> I don't know. No, I can't. I can't get with that one. Um, So there has been some acknowledgement of the existence of UFOs and not just UFOs, but that there have been bodies recovered and discovered from these unidentified flying objects. It was said under oath. Do you believe in that kind of a thing? I believe that there could be intelligent life that is not from this earth, but I don't believe in that. No, I do believe the possibility that there is intelligent life elsewhere, but I don't believe that. That we have been in contact with them. Mm, no, I don't. Okay, you don't have to. I, I want to, but I can't. <laughs> Everything in my body just goes no. But I, uh, you know, I grew up in the seventies. I'm Gen X. Like that stuff was like shoved down my throat. Like that was the meat and potatoes of shows like In Search Of and stuff like that. And I think that the bad styrofoam aliens that people made Uh with the triangular head, with the big eyeballs, like it just was too ridiculous. I just couldn't. It's like, why don't you, didn't you just use a catfish while you, I don't know. It just seemed so, so ridiculous. I just, my little body was like, nope. It gave me the Bigfoot feelings. Like, nope, I believe in it, but I don't believe in that it. And I, you know, I don't believe that they built the pyramids in Egypt or in South America. Oh, yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. I I don't know. That's just some racist weirdness, I think, happening. And yeah. I think a lot of times, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, again, with like aliens. That's why I've always been. That's why the first few years of this show, I was always like, I just want to talk about ghosts. Because it gets so close to conspiracy stuff. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, how do you talk about, like, I read a lot of um, authors who happen to be indigenous people and they talk about beliefs um, that they have, like, you know, the star beings, for example. Um, right. Like, that, I, I don't disbelieve. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much, we're so kind of overrun with, you know, the horrible conspiracy theory, you know, aliens built the pyramids. Aliens are in the White House, you know? It's like, no, they're right. not. There's just greedy dickheads in the White House. We all know it. Yes. Like, come on. These people with the, the lizard people. Yeah. And no. the Illuminati. And it's just, it turns into a whole, a whole scary side of TikTok that I have found myself on before. And my whole algorithm turned into just people being like, eight things that the government is lying about. And I'm like, I don't. Like the newborn baby having mother with the ghost. I don't have time for this. Just don't. My <laughs> life is short. I'm not doing it. Well, and that's, that is sort of how it feels where it's like, oh, God, now the aliens are coming. I mean, it would be nice to shake things up a little bit around here. Like, Come up with a new conspiracy theory. If it was positive, like if the aliens come down and they want to like, like these makeover TV shows, they want to do that to Earth. It's like Queer Eye or something where they're just like, all right, Earth people, like, honey, what are you guys wearing? What are you doing with your planet? Like, we're going to help you and then we're going to leave. That would be great. 
Get those tires out of the ocean. Why are you dumping garbage in there? Come on. Honey, those tires and the ocean are tired. <laughs> let's, let's clean this place up, honey. It is a mess. You've got a real spoon in the kitchen. You don't have to use that plastic spoon. Come on. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping happens. Um, and maybe it will. Alien makeover. Alien Earth makeover this fall on HGTV. Or alien bake-over, bake-over, bake-over. <laughs> um, hey, Nico, this has been a great time. Thanks for doing this again. Anytime you ever need me, I'm here. Oh, Nico. Thanks for having me. Hey, what do you, what do you want to tell people? Where to find you? What you're doing? Well, I don't know. Just want to say hi. How's it going? <laughs> Sometimes I'm on tour. Not right now. I just got done. So right now I'm at home working on a book and um, gardening. Is there anything you can tell us about this book? Just writing one. We'll see what happens. Wow. We will be looking forward to that. Last night, I thought maybe I felt a ghost behind me in my house. Um, and I was really excited because I thought maybe it was happening and it wasn't. What was it? It was just a reflection of a light on a door with a glass window in it. Yeah, we're going to cut that part out, and I'm just going to keep the part where you say you felt like there was a ghost. Okay. I am the most disappointing guest you could ever have on here. No, you're fun. I want it so bad, Roz. I want to see a ghost or feel one or hear one or smell one or whatever. Careful what you wish for. All right. Nico, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to Nico Case. Ooh! Guys, I love you. I love you so much. Please make sure you're still telling people about this show and you're still tuning in and all of that stuff because it's spooky all year round around here. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at Roz Hernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at It's Roz Hernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgareth, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. 
Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.